The brooms came out in Brooklyn, and we're ready to break down the Tuesday MLB slate. Adam, we got a big slate. I know you're already ahead of the game. You got your MLB pitching article locked in. So let's get right to it, man. What are you thinking when we're talking aces on a big slate like we got on Tuesday? Yeah, when I opened up the slate, like my first impression was after the first, you know, couple pitchers, it was kind of a dicey slate. But the more I'm getting into it, I, I think we do have some options. But still, having said that, the standout option has to be Carlos Rodon. I mean, yep. the guy has just been absolutely filthy th- so far. 29 strikeouts and three starts, a 106 ERA. I mean, every possible metric that he has right now looks like an ace. It looks like he was before last season when he had some shoulder issues, probably cost him the Cy Young. And he's not even really that prohibitive. I mean, 10-1, you can build around that without too many issues on DK. I was, I was surprised to see how relatively cheap he was. Yeah, with these bats not hitting, you know, across the league, there's not so much offense that is going out there every single day of the week. Pitching becomes even more important if you're trying to cash in your cash games, your single entries. And Rodon at home in San Fran, pitchers park against Oakland. Does it get yep. any better? Probably not. You know, you got to lock him in in your cash games. Lock him into your head-to-heads, your single entries. He's the way to go. There are pitchers around him that are interesting, like they are interesting, but they're not Carlos Rodon at home against San Fran. I think the over-under is six and a half right now. So, look, you lock in Rodon, and then you think about SB2 on DraftKings. You know, on FanDuel, you just lock Rodon. You don't think twice. Now, you got Bassett. You got Alcantara. You got Severino. You got Gaussman. For an SB2, if you're going to pay up somewhere, where do you go? Uh, for me, it's Gossman. I don't know what the dude needs to do to, to get a price bump. <laughs> I mean, he scores 31.8 against Boston in Boston, and he goes down $200. That splitter has just been lethal so far. Not only is it the highest-rated fan graph splitter, it's the sixth-highest-rated pitch of the season to this point. It's just been absolutely lethal. He still leads the league in swinging strike rate at 20.7%. Again, I just I don't get why he's not over $9,000 because he absolutely should be at this point. Yeah, I feel bad for Orioles fans out there, man. Like this guy was supposed to be your top prospect. As soon as you trade him away, he just becomes, you know, I wouldn't say near perfect, but he's been pretty damn good for the past two years. And look, he just went out there not too long ago on the 21st. Eight innings, seven hits, one on runs, eight Ks against the same team. Now he's playing at home. Similar to Berrios on Monday night, man. Like, he should have been priced up. We talked about it right. yesterday, me and Tony. Like, what the hell are you doing, DraftKings? Why is Berrios 5,500 against a team he just pretty much shut down a week ago? So, similar story Gossman. He's got enormous upside here, you know, at his price tag. And let's just talk about it for a second, though. Severino, Sandy Alcantara, Bassett, any love for these three? I know Gossman is the high K guy, but these other guys might be in line for a win. Any any love there just to get different on a big slate? There certainly is. Um, you know, for Bassett, what really works in his favor is the Cardinals are a righty-heavy lineup, and he has just owned that side of the plate. 
Um, he has a 37% carry to that side. The XFIP's only 1.93. He's using a slider more to that side. Uh, you know, the least amount of lefties in the lineup is going to be better for him, at least so far. I'm not crazy about the price tag because at 9,800, you, you know, you need probably at least six, seven strikeouts to get there. And it's not that Bassett can't, but that, that's probably about the ceiling is that six to eight range. So he has to have, you know, what what is a pretty good game for him or just be absolutely spotless through the game to, to get him there. With Alcantara, I can't figure out why. Like, there's not much in his profile that seems too far out of place, but his K rate so far is under 20%. At, you know, I kind of just chalk it up to like, like a little bit of variance to start the season. It's not something that I'm completely freaked out about. So he's in a very good spot. The guy that I kind of wonder might go a little bit, maybe, maybe kind of lower owned. It might just wind up being Max Freed. And this is a guy who struggled in his first two starts. He then walked in to Dodger Stadium, shut down LA, one of the better lineups in baseball, uh, for seven straight innings. And even though the Cubs metrics, they're top 10 in Woba and WRC plus against lefties so far, they also have nearly a 60% ground ball rate. And their hard hit rate is under 28%. Like those two, those two metrics don't suggest to me that this offense is going to continue to be that dangerous against lefty pitching. And at nine K, like he might just get lost in the shuffle here. Yeah, I didn't really peg him for, you know, top three, top four starter. I agree with you. The Cubs outside of Wrigley, when there's not 20, 25 mile an hour winds blowing out, they're not the most potent offense, but I do think Freed would be behind. You know, the guys that I mentioned, especially behind Grousman, yeah, Alcantara, right. Bassett. He kind of – he fits there. Severino versus Baltimore has some upside too, probably in line for a win. He's looked pretty good. His pitch count has only reached 88. So that's the worry there with Severino, and he is shaky at times. The guy that I thought you were going to mention instead of Max Freed was Josiah Gray. You know, he's going against Miami. He's been pretty damn good as well. Eight Ks in his last start versus Arizona. You know, five in the two starts before. Tough matchup against Atlanta. He went out there, five innings, no one runs, five Ks. So there's a spot here that, that Gray can get there, but it's going to be tough paying basically the same price for Gray over Galsman. And Galsman, are you locked for six Ks, seven Ks, maybe eight Ks with Galsman, where Gray has to be near perfect to have that upside that Galsman has? Nobody on the low end. You know, there was guys the past couple of days when we've done our shows in this 55, 6,000 range, but really nobody here that interests me, especially with all the, the top arms in that 8 to 10K range. I think that's where you should live, and we should yeah. just focus on, you know, stacks in this lower range because it's going to be tougher to stack, even though it's a big slate. There's nobody that really stands out like, oh, my God, this guy needs to be stacked against, but – I do like the Dodgers, of course, the Dodgers. They're always going to be, you know, mentioned pretty much on any podcast because they have the best offense on paper any given day of the week. The Astros got a great matchup versus Hearn. Blue Jays versus Pavetta. Yankees versus Lyles. Those are my top four stacks as it is right now. Adam, if you had to rate those four, who do you have up top? And is is there a team that I didn't mention that you kind of like as well? I think it's a coin flip between the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. Um, you know, I think they definitely look the best. And a team that I'm just, I'm going to have some interest in, even though they're not the most dangerous team against lefties, 
it's still the Royals against Dallas Keuchel. Like, this guy really? probably shouldn't be in the majors. It wasn't all his fault last time. His defense committed, I think it was four errors in, like, two innings. The White Sox, it didn't the White Sox help are really bad, man. Like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with these guys, but they're bad. But at the same time, like, at some point, you just got to make a couple pitches to get out of it, and Keuchel couldn't. He just he didn't even make it through three innings. You know, like, KC, is Whit Merrifield going to hit like this forever? No, he's only 4,300. This isn't a 136 hitter. We all know that. And even if he's not hitting for a ton of power, the second he gets on base, he can steal. Um, you, know, you have Bobby Witt, still only 3K. Like, these are some value bats that I know haven't gotten going yet, but Dallas Keuchel might be kind of what they need to, to wake up the bats, as Joe Boo would say. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays, that power, you know, Dodgers, power, yeah. stack through the entire lineup. And then the Astros... The Astros is a team where they should get to Hearn. They got the highest over under so far at nine and a half right now with the Blue Jays at eight and a half and the Dodgers at nine. So I think the Astros could step up if this lineup hits one through eight, one through nine. This could be a a point where they go out there and have a big game against the Rangers here. But Dodgers and Blue Jays up top. The reason why I like the Blue Jays, man, I was looking up Pavetta four home runs in 11 innings this year. That's a lot of power, and that's not the team you want to be facing off with if you're susceptible to the home run right now. So the Blue Jays are going to be one of the top stacks of the slate, and I think Nick Pavetta is going to take my gas can of the day. I'm going to be loading up on the Blue Jays. Adam, gas can of the day, man. Is it your boy that you just mentioned, and you're going to go with these KC Royals? Who is the gas can of the slate for you? Keuchel's definitely in the running, but Something that you just said kind of caught my ear, and it's that the Astros have one of the highest over-unders on slate. Yep. It's not just the it's not just the Astros for that. Don't sleep on this Texas lineup because Jake Odorizzi has been pretty much trashed so far this year. Yeah. Man, these these or these Texas hitters are really, really cheap. It's kind of on the same along the same lines as the Royals. If you're gonna spend up on pitching, and I do think that's probably the best uh the best route to take tonight. You're going to need some cheap bats to complement that. And Texas looks awfully appealing because, I mean, really, after Corey Seager, your most expensive guys are 4500 with Garver and Simeon. And then you start working into some values. Um, Alotas Garcia, Brad Miller, Willie Calhoun. Like, it hasn't really happened for Willie Calhoun yet, but he's hitting, like, the exit velocities and some of the underlying metrics for him look really stout. It could be just a matter of time before he breaks out. 3,100 outfielder that that makes makes it all work, man. Don't sleep on Texas either. Yeah, if you're going out there and building a Texas stack, it's Seager easily. Are you going with Semyon? And which are the other guys? Because they've been hit or miss right now. They do have a great matchup. I looked at them. But if you're going to stack them on DraftKings, are you going with a full four or five-man stack? Or are you just going to have Texas be your, your mini stack with like a Seager and a couple players? Yeah, I, I think I'm really just limiting myself to three or four, almost regardless right now. You know, until these offensive woes kind of pick up throughout the league, you know, they introduced the humidor, it's had a big effect. It, you know, I just don't, I don't necessarily see the five-man stacks always paying off a lot. It's been a little bit easier to try and, you know, be a bit more focused and go three, three, two, four, four, something like that, whereas, you know, you concentrate on the best hitters and like for Texas, you know, Seager, Simeon, and then one of like Garcia or Nate Lowe would work out really well. And then, you know, if, if you need the outfield spot, that's where you use Calhoun. It just kind of depends on 
who else you're stacking them with. Question about this humidor, man. Like, where where does the MOB come off and just be like, yeah, let's uh, change the balls up? Like, what, what are they doing? Like, why are they so secretive? Like, why is it not mainstream? Like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. What the hell is going on? Like, why is it, like, secretive? Like, this is what I don't get about baseball. Like, you're trying to build a game up, have some integrity, tell the fans what's going on, A, and B, why would you ever want to take offense away? Like, look what the NFL did. Like, right. you can't touch a quarterback. You can't hit a wide receiver. Let's score 40 points a game. Let's have a fun game. Baseball's like, no, we're not going to tell anybody, but we're going to we're gonna mess with these balls real quick so nobody can hit them. And, but why? Like, do you know, like, the theory behind why the hell they're doing this? I mean, if I had the direct answer for why Rob Ranford has done stuff that he's done while, while he's been commissioner, <laughs> I'd probably be a really rich guy. And I may not be on this show right now, but that's a whole different story. Um, I mean, I think they, they went a little bit too far a couple years ago where, like, if you made contact with the ball, it was pretty much leaving the yard and all the pitchers complained. So then they went back the other way and messed with the ball the other way. And then they took away all the spider attack and everything else that the pitchers were using last year. And, man, it's just, like, it's Talk not, about that, not the most fun game ever. Talk about that spider attack, man. Look, I didn't want to pitch Garrett Cole the other day. Like, I really didn't want to. He was priced right. I had him in a couple lineups. But I'm like, I don't believe in this guy. And then today on Twitter or, or Monday afternoon on Twitter, I see Garrett Cole. Someone zoomed in on his pant leg, and he kept on wiping, like, his, you know, his butt area. And there was, like, a, like a, a dirty streak of something there where I think Cole – is going back to some kind of substance. Do you see this on Twitter yet or no? Well, it's it's important to kind of remember they are still allowed substances. It, it <laughs> What they outlawed was the spider tack. You're still allowed like that mix of sunscreen and rosin, which would explain why the pant leg was discolored. And they're still checking these guys. He's not getting away with anything. Like everybody calm down. The perception around Cole, I think, got a little bit out of hand last year. He's had some really bad starts. I don't know, man. He was rough to start, and now, now, like, it's back on his leg, and he's wiping it, and I don't know, man. This this guy might be a little bit on on the other side of the heat, at least. Corbin Burns had one bad start, and it hasn't hasn't bothered him since then. He's a young boy, man. He's a young boy, (laughs) and he's gunslinging it cold. I don't know, man. I don't know if he's the same guy. He's no Max Scherzer, I'll tell you that much. But looking at these bets, man, we got to put out some bets of the day. We broke down our our favorite pitchers on the top end, Rodon. You you try to get him in every single lineup you possibly can. He is the clear-cut ace of the slate. I think there's reasons to play Bassett, Alcantara, Severino. You can sell me on any of these guys just from an ownership perspective. Gaussman, great value on DraftKings. Gray. You know, a pivot off of Gaussman. Stacks we like are the Dodgers, Astros, Blue Jays, Yanks, and Adam also mentioned the Royals and Rangers, kind of a sneaky, cheaper stacks. We got our gas cans. For me, it's it's Hearn and Pavetta. You know, you also mentioned um, Odorizzi in the mix there. But let's talk about the bets of the day right now. The one that kind of got my eye, it's the Brewers. They're not in the main slate. You're paying a little bit of juice, but... Adam, sorry, you might have to turn a hat around for a minute, man. These Pirates aren't good. Milwaukee's got Woodruff growing. He kind of stepped back into the mix here. Keller hasn't won a game all season. He's taking three L's. I think it's four. That's my bet of the day right now. We'll definitely publish more on windailysports.com. There'll be props put up later on 
on Tuesday afternoon. Adam kind of squeezes them into some of his articles. We'll have some in, in our Discord chat as well. Make sure you hop over to windailysports.com. Make sure you like and subscribe to this show. And like I said, at windailysports.com, use your promo code radio, gets yourself a free week of a subscription to use our optimizer projection models and read all of our articles and content. But Adam, before we head out of here, man, what is your bet of the day? Yeah, so far we don't have props up. Um, I'm definitely going to be interested in Woodruff's uh, K prop. I'm kind of hoping for six and a half there to take the over. And then I'm definitely going to be looking for uh, Rodon. Kind of hoping for seven and a half at plus money. I don't know if the, the books will cooperate with me, but if I get seven and a half at plus, I'll be taking that. Yeah, and one last thing from a DFS front, man. Like I said, pay up for your pitchers on Tuesday night, but we're going to need some value. One other value guy, McCormick, for the Astros, has been hitting at the top of the lineup. He's only yeah. 2,600 if he's back at the top of the lineup again on Tuesday night. You can lock him in. Who's your favorite value of the slate? A couple names that you want to mention that you feel like are under $3,000, that if you need to kind of build a team around, pay up for pitching, could be a one-off. It could be part of your stacks. But who do you like for your value play of the day? Yeah, I think for me, it's just over the threshold. But it's it's going to be Willie Calhoun in that Texas stack. Um, that's an easy easy kind of add to the outfield where you can still work around and get some better power. Because um, I just I don't think Odorizzi is going to last very long in this one. It's not just Houston that's contributing that high over under. No, I like that call there. There is value all across Houston and Texas. This looks like to be, you know, one of the highest over-unders and a lot of value on this slate. So, like I said, we're going to be looking for some value. We're going to be looking to pay off some pitchers, getting our stacks right, attacking the gas cans of Taylor Hearn and Pavetta and Odorizzi. And these are the games that are going to be on. And hop over to windailysports.com. Make sure you check it out, our expert chat. Adam's in there all day long. NBA, MLB. We got golf shows coming up, and we do have an NFL draft show coming up on Thursday. Got some special guests stopping by, some giveaways, all that kind of good stuff. It will start around 8 o'clock. We'll pretty much carry through the first round, give you some bets that we like. Hopefully we can make some money while we're on air. And NBA's been hot, too, so we got a big week. NBA, NASCAR, PGA, MLB, and, of course, the NFL draft. So we're out of here for a Tuesday slate. We'll be back on Wednesday for more DFS plays and sports bets.